The Road to Potomania, presented by Opinions and Beer. Tag along in this annual event with Adam and Ed Ray 1416 into the world of pro wrestling. You're listening to Opinions and Beer. Stone Cold Steve Austin knows that the Opinions and Beer podcast exists in this world. And opinions, opinions and beer. Two guys and another guy will never happen again. Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. We're your host, I'm Adam. And I'm Ed Ray1416. And we are on the road to Potomania. I'll be honest, Ed Ray, it's been a fun, fun road to Potomania. Now in March, we are going to mix it up with um, uh, standard episodes. February was purely a road to Potomania uh, experience. Uh, in March, we will mix it up with some St. Patty's Day stuff and uh, March Madness type of type of content. Uh, however, we will still be on this ride because the road to the road to Potomania doesn't end until WrestleMania, which is in April 16th. And to touch upon St. Patrick's Day, that will be co-hosted by King Violent. Oh yes, King Violent doing the St. Patrick's Day. Is he really Irish? We will find out. Or will we? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, how, uh, so moving on, we've got a big thing today for the Road to Potomania. I say big thing. We are finishing off our list of main events b- before Mania. Obviously, we'll, f- we'll have to add on to that list uh, on the episode after Fastlane. But we're going to continue on with the previous. So we have, I think, 2013, I think it's 2013 to 2020 rankings but before we get to all that that's gonna be the back half of this episode we want to kick it off with a review of elimination chamber 2021 okay ed ray were you able to watch or you just got the cliff notes and just doing the cliff notes you didn't watch it why i mean the reviews were more descriptive than what i could see in the clips i guess so Uh, but you know what though people were overwhelmingly positive on this chamber on the on the on the pay-per-view they actually agreed with Miz defeating uh drew mcintyre yeah you didn't see that you didn't see all the positive stuff even even Miz girl even i hate oh is that you we'll have to edit that out ladies okay. and gentlemen <laughs> i'm like what the fuck i'm like why is my phone doing that <laughs> uh, but yeah, even Miz Girl was into it. I'm just hoping that Miz's title reign is short because I didn't even like the Miz's last title reign. Well, we'll get to that. First off, first off, before we get... Why am I I'm skipping ahead? Because guess what we still have to do? We still have got the beer of the day. And today's... Today's beer of the day is... Founders Underground Mountain Brown. It's a mountain brown. This imperial brown ale was brewed with Sumatra, Sumatra, Sumatra coffee aged in bourbon barrels. This bad boy is a 2020 release series, so this came out last year. It is 11.9% in alcohol by volume. Okay, it was bottled 827.20, so it has, it's an aged beer, able to be... What the hell's going on? It's an... <laughs> and somebody is dead. <laughs> There's a cap gun. Get it? A cap gun? <laughs> he just popped a cap in somebody. Oh, man. Underground brown. It pours. It's definitely, you can see, you, when you put it to the light, the thing about browns is that you have to put it to the light to really catch it, but yeah, all down here is very brown. It's not like a dark color, like a stout. It's definitely it's definitely brown. You can tell it's brown. has a reflective reflective in it. Um, Samucho Coffee, uh, bourbon barrel. Whew, and I, you know, I love what uh, Founders does, and so I, ne- I don't think I've really had too many barrel-aged brown ales. It's always stouts or imperial IPA sometimes at one time, but... Okay, I'm getting uh, uh it does not smell good. <laughs> it smells very poorly. So let's uh, let's see if it tastes good though. Ah oh, no. 
Do brown ale do, do brown ales? I mean, it shouldn't age poorly. It's thirteen point seven percent. What I say, thirteen point two. This is a thirteen percent beer. First off, the alcohol is not well hidden. Second off, I get very mild. I get no coffee flavor. Maybe the aftertaste. There's some coffee. Um, but this is just, it's purely tastes like alcohol. Oh man, that burn is super strong too for some reason. 13, what I say, what I say this was? Oh, 11. Only 11, it's only 11.9. And I'm tasting the burn in this beer. Uh, the coffee, not strong. It just, it tastes like, it tastes like, like rubbing alcohol. It tastes like rubbing alcohol. Very bad. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I'm mad. Because I usually love Founders. This is a 2. This is a 2 out of 10. Trash. Underground Mountain Brown. You know what brown stands for? Poop. This is Underground Brown. It's Poop Brown. The shit beer. Crash beer. Crap. It's crap. It's bull crap. Crappy, crappy, crap. I'm gonna have to power through this beer because I'm not. I don't waste beer. <sighs> Thank God I. I should have brought all four. I would have given away. <laughs> I brought two. I'm gonna give this one away. Fuck that. Sorry, Ed Ray. I'm just mad about that beer. It's fucking horrible. I haven't had a bad beer that bad in so a while. So this is. So this is the second worst beer you've ever had. Top five, if anything. Yeah, top five worst beers I've had on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, and, just, this, and this could negatively affect I mean, this episode as well. I mean, it, it remains to be seen, folks. It's rough. Ugh, God. I'm like punching. I cannot. It's rubbing alcohol. And it's 11%. It's nothing. We've had 14%. We've had 15%. Man, I don't know. Maybe I need to try more brown owls. Maybe all brown owls are just trash. But this one. This one is definitely... So, so they make hard liquor tolerable, this, huh? Oh, yeah. This is definitely poo-poo. Anyways, uh, I might give it a one. No, fuck it. One. This is a one out of ten. I, I don't know why I even try to give it a two. Craftsmanship, maybe. Out of respect for founders, give it a two. But really, it's a one. <laughs> Anyways, Elimination Chamber. Let's start off with what happened. So I guess Keith Lee has some sort of injury. And so on the pre-show, they had a fatal four-way match to see who would go on to replace Keith Lee in a triple threat uh, for the U.S. title. You know, for, uh, that he'd be added to the Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley match to make it a triple threat. Uh, the winner ended up being John Morrison. Uh, they go on. We get the triple threat match. It's a, it's a pretty solid, it's an entertaining triple threat, mo- triple threat match. And basically, in the last half, they realize, they remember that triple threats are no DQ. Are you know, they're automatically no DQ, anything, you know, triple threats, fatal fours, no DQ. And so, John Morrison, I believe, tries to use the crutch. And then something happens, he blocks the crutch, but then Matt Riddle uses the crutch on Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley... Uh, falls out of the ring, and then Matt Riddle hits his finisher on John Morrison, getting the pin and becoming the new U.S. champion. I told you, I told you, I, I on our last episode, I said, I mean, I was, I was questioning, I'm like, I don't know how, I'm like, I'm like, how do they get the, you know, they have to get the belt off Lashley, make him look strong, so he can go on to do better things. That's what I said. And that, and that's what we're looking at. Um, so Lashley lost the U.S. title. We move on. We go to we we go into the SmackDown Chamber match. Uh, it was a it was a fun. A lot of people love this one over the Raw one, and they love it because the uh, a lot of the ROH guys they like some of the um, the spots, like especially uh, Cesaro with the big swing onto uh, onto one of them. He's, he's I think it was Sami Zayn maybe. I can't remember who it was, but he big swings somebody into the cage like five times. <laughs> he just bam, 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 just bashing them into the cage, and that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, other than that, I didn't like some of the finishes. I'm not high on. Um, I'm not that high on uh, Jay Uso. Okay, so there's a lot of spots with Jay Uso, and I'm like, uh, 
you know, I'm not into this. I don't really like Jey Uso's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not into Jey Uso. That's just something. I don't know. I can't explain. Not a fan. <laughs> but uh, so I didn't like when he got pins. I'm not a fan of Kevin Owens. Maybe that's my biggest problem with this uh, SmackDown one night. Not a fan of Kevin Owens. Not a fan of Jey Uso. And I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin. Uh, and I'm barely a fan of Sami Zayn. I, I I like Sami Zayn as a heel, but that's about as far as it goes. Uh, so, so I only liked two. <laughs> I only liked two of the participants in this: Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Those are the only two wrestlers that I that I like to watch. That I, that I that I want to win. Uh, which Daniel Bryan pulls off the victory in the chamber. Uh. And then Roman Reigns comes out, immediately challenges. What's cool right here is that he wasn't immediately defeated. It took, um, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, was able to counter a spear into the uh, yes lock. And uh, you you think Reigns might actually tap. We might actually see a tap by Reigns. But Reigns overpowers, beats the hell out of Daniel Bryan, and then uh, and basically uh, submits him by passing him out with his new uh, guillotine, his guillotine lock. Uh we move on and we uh, we skip the the women's tag match was the worst match of the card specifically because no one knew how to work with Nia Jax I guess dude Nia Jax is she is she moves so clump clunky like I I was watching I'm like man like she's not even connecting to the mat <laughs> like she's like she's like ugh. <laughs> pretending like she's getting like she's not taking moves right they're not you know that they're, they're not working with her the right way yeah i mean nia Jax is so bad at working and being clunky and all that stuff that she makes uh, she makes jessica havoc look like awesome kong yeah uh <laughs> and so you know it is what it is with that with that one uh uh they ended up getting the win after Sasha Banks wouldn't cheat. The, uh, Reginald came out and said, Sasha Banks, cheat, cheat. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then so she, and then Sasha Banks got uh, got beat, got pinned. Uh, and Bianca Belair is like, oh, what are you doing? Oh. So now it's like, now we still don't know who Bianca Belair. I, st- I, think, I think we still don't know who Bianca Belair is uh, choosing to face at Mania. But it's looking like it may be for the SmackDown uh, title. Yeah, the the women's division in WWE keeps getting worse. Um, I we'll see. Ray Ripley's about to enter uh, over in Raw, and so I mean we're gonna see some some bigger stuff, I think, especially on the Raw end. Oh, I just hope that it's <laughs> if Oscar and Charlotte face at Fastlane, and Charlotte wins, and if Rhea Ripley were to challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. We're going to have another disastrous match on our hands at WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. Uh, moving on to the to the Raw's Elimination Chamber match. I was pleasantly surprised of how rough that match was. I mean, there were whelps on everybody. Especially, you can tell it on Sheamus. Sheamus was all whelped up. Uh, everybody was just getting... You know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty brutal match for it. Not, I mean, I say brutal. It was a pretty stiff match. A lot of a uh, lot of heavy hits in that match. Uh, for I mean, we're in the PG era, so it's hard to make the chamber brutal. But I feel like they were able to be like, oh, it's tough, bam, bam. Like they were sitting there punching each other. Had some really cool spots. Some little, uh, lots of some interesting things. Some interesting things going on with almost, almost ripped off. Uh, the backside of the ca- of the um, chamber to let AJ Styles enter early. Okay, uh, it, nothing came up. N- nothing came from it. I think they were just trying to demonstrate almost almost's strength. That was kind of like a almost strength spot because uh, AJ Styles didn't pin anybody. Uh, you know, the whole thing was oh, both people are knocked out. Let me go in and pin somebody, and he didn't. And so it was kind of like a. It's kind of a worthless spot, but I think they're just trying to show the strength of Omos by him ripping ripping that uh, thing off the chamber, uh, which we see again on Raw the next night. So 
where he he, just, he like picks up Ricochet like he's paper and slams him. So it's like, <laughs> so maybe they're just trying to build up that almost is really strong, really strong guy. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, fun little thing. Uh, Randy Orton gets eliminated first by Kofi Kingston with no interference. A lot of people thought that oh uh, Bray Wyatt or someone's gonna you know interfere and cost Orton. But uh, no, he just got he got rolled up, and later he complains like, "I lost because my mind, I can't think straight because of." The, so so he bl- he blamed it, saying that he wasn't focused because he's he's focusing on all this other crap going on behind scenes. Uh, so I guess they still were able to tie it in, but he lost clean a clean roll up to Kofi, and uh, and I think they're teasing, I think they're teasing uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus at Fastlane. That's not the big story, though. Here's the big story. Drew McIntyre wins the chamber. Who comes out? Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes out, dominates uh, Drew McIntyre. You're thinking in your head, oh, this is a statement. He's sending a statement saying, I want your title. I want to face you, Drew McIntyre. And then, you know, he just lost his U.S. title, so he wants a new championship. He goes, beats the hell out of Drew McIntyre. But out comes The Miz. The Miz uh, tries to get a quick uh, pin, nothing. But then he picks up Drew McIntyre, hits the skull-crushing finale, and he gets the pin, and The Miz is the new champion. Here's some takeaways I want to take away. I think I told you that I don't think... On the last episode, on the last Road to Potomania, I said, I don't believe Drew McIntyre is walking into, well, no, I said I said a match. And I, 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 I didn't think that Drew McIntyre was walking into Mania champion. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't put it into words because at the time I just said, Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon. I said, well, maybe, maybe Shane McMahon is going to, have to face for the title or something, but you even you called that out. That doesn't make sense. Why would Shane McMahon face for the title? Well, if Drew McIntyre doesn't have the championship, there's no title involved. So I, I am standing by my assumption. I think we're gonna see Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus at Fastlane, and then he's gonna be like, oh, "I want my rematch," and Shane McMahon's like, "We need a big match." You know what he's been saying to Drew. We need a big match. We need a match with stars, not you, Drew McIntyre. Fans are going to be coming back. We need a bigger match than you. And so I think that leads. I think Drew McIntyre's back comes back into the title picture. Um, I think they're going to have because I mean we're bringing fans back. So I think Monday after Monday after Mania, we are going to see. Drew McIntyre basically in the title picture from then to next year's Mania just so he can win in front of a bigger crowd. You know what I mean? I think I think they're going to put him on the hunt uh, pretty soon. They're going to take it away from him, put him on the hunt for a year, then finally let him get that big pop uh, in Dallas. Is next year Dallas or is it Florida again? I think it's Dallas. I think next year Dallas. Dallas. Next year's Dallas, then California. Okay. So. So yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a that's a decent idea to do. Um, what are your thoughts if they if they go along with Drew McIntyre not being champion, not in the title picture at Mania, and faces someone like? I mean, they may do Sheamus again. So, but I mean, if he faces someone like Drew McIntyre, or I mean, if Drew McIntyre faces someone like Shane McMahon or Sheamus. My question is, why would Drew McIntyre face Shane McMahon? Because Shane McMahon's going to keep him out of the title picture. Because he's going to say, "You're not a bit. You're not a star. We need a star. We need uh, stars for the um, main events." Well, what's wrong with uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus? It's Battle of Celtic Wrestlers. I mean, that could happen, but I think they're going to do that for Fastlane, unless they, unless. Uh, I can only see that. I, I think what they're going to do is try to do an injury angle with Drew McIntyre. 
You think? That's the only logical way that they could have Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Because here's the big here's the big question. Do you think? Because it's already been con- no, it's not. This is stressful, Ed Ray. So here's what's up. Here's what we know from Raw. Bobby Lashley made a deal with the Miz, and he the Miz is trying to get out of that deal, and so they set up Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley wins clean. He gets a big clean victory over Braun Strowman, an impressive victory, I would say, uh, on on Raw. Earning basically, he he's keeping which keeps Braun out of the title picture, quote unquote. Allegedly, that's what the match was based off. I was like, oh, if you win this, if uh, if Bobby Lashley wins, Braun Strowman's not in the match. If Braun Strowman wins, then the match for the title will be a triple threat. It will be Braun Strowman. But but here they're not. But just even listen to that though. Why are they not talking about Drew McIntyre? Why is it already? Oh, a triple threat with you know Braun Strowman and Miz and Bobby Lashley. Why is that already a thing? Why are they not saying, oh, we'll have Drew McIntyre. Why did Drew McIntyre miss Raw and miss that chance of... I mean, he gets a rematch. Rematch clause, right? So that's what I'm saying. They may do this whole screw-over angle because he's not even in the, in the discussion right now. Even though he just lost. He just lost. So it's like, it's very crazy. But um, so I think I think they're gonna do the big one. I think they're gonna do something. They've got to do a big match, Ed Ray. I think Drew McIntyre is gonna be caught in. He Drew McIntyre is caught doing whatever, either with Shane McMahon or Sheamus at Mania. The Miz he won't be champion. The Miz is going to probably uh, there's probably gonna be some sort of interference. Um, with Bad Bunny, it's going to be uh, the Miz and Morrison versus Bad Bunny and uh, Damian Priest, and then the main event for one of those nights is going to be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. You think Brock Lesnar is going to come to an empty stadium? It's not empty, but it's not going to be full either. It's going to have fans for the first time. Now, the reason why they're doing fans this year at WrestleMania is because of what they saw at the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl only had 25,000 live people. What's, what's, more, what's more plausible? Brock Lesnar or Goldberg? It has to be Brock Lesnar because Goldberg is just too old. You wouldn't want Goldberg versus Lashley? What's, you what, know what you're what right. Is, what's good with Goldberg versus Lashley? Spear versus Spear. But aren't they doing that with Look, Edge versus exactly. Roman? Exactly. Exactly, we'd have Spear versus Spear in one night, and then Spear versus Spear the next night. No, no, and no. And then we can move on to whoever wins. We can do Edge because I want Edge to win the championship. I, I'm, I've changed my mind. I want Edge to beat Roman somehow, and I want us to do Edge versus Bobby Lashley, Spear versus Spear at uh at one of those. Yeah, but if Edge defeats Roman, then Roman's gonna get buried. Okay, maybe maybe we shouldn't have. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. Roman is way too hot to he lose. Is, he is. I know. I know. Maybe we shouldn't have him lose. But, but I don't know. I mean, if uh, if Bobby Lashley wins the World Heavyweight Championship and then faces Brock Lesnar, we're finally going to have the tough guy versus tough guy match. Yeah, I want to see but that. But I suggest they wait another year until there's a full crowd. That way, Lashley can beat Lashley can get a pop for defeating Lesnar. Because if you if you do this now, then it's going to be too early, and by the time you oh, have, do yeah. you do you think, do you think Bobby? What if Bobby Lashley gets screwed somehow, and we get, in at Mania, it's it's Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre too, and then that's the whole build up to Lesnar and Lashley next year, because Lesnar screwed Lashley out of the the big title match. Out of winning the title, maybe that's who the Miz calls. Maybe the Miz called Brock Lesnar and said, "Hey, Brock, come help me, help me with uh, <laughs> this guy." What? Do you, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on uh, on all that? 
So are we basically going to have Miz versus Bobby Lashley at Fastlane or WrestleMania? Oh, no, that's next week. Next week Un- on Raw. Unless, un- that, unless, unless the Miz gets... Unless- but why Raw? I don't know, unless the Miz gets out of it somehow. They, they, may, they may be doing this whole weasel angle where like the Miz keeps getting out of it until Fastlane, but I don't know. It's up, up for debate. Uh, I'm not sure Bobby Lashley deserves the title, but we're going to find out. You don't think he deserves it? Well, he's past his prime already. I mean, he's only good for Brock Lesnar. He has been... You, did you miss the Raw match? Is that what you're trying to say to me? Or did you watch it? When was Him this? and Braun. Oh, you're talking about last night? Yes. No, I didn't watch it. That was a good match. I mean, Bobby Lashley. The last time I saw Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman, it was that whole stage incident from a couple of years ago. Exactly. When Paul Heyman was right. Bobby Lashley is, he's main event ready. He needs, but he, look, I'm not even going to say he needs uh, mic work. He He's good at crafting dialogue. It's just that vocally... Um, he does need that mouthpiece, so that's the only caveat to him is that he does need the MVP mouth mouthpiece a little bit. But he can craft good dialogue. He was he was just on WWE's The Bump, and he was doing he was saying good lines. You know, he was saying a good promo. It's just how how he's delivering it wasn't uh, eccentric enough. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It, it didn't have that uh, that character. In you his think lines. Lashley has the charisma to carry the title? See, that's what I'm saying. I think he has. I think he can cut a good promo, but can he make it sound good? I, I think the words he's saying, like he's he's he he's good at being off the cuff, so that's good for a champion, for a top guy to be like, you know, on the spot, say something new, different, uh, or you know, keep it flowing, keep the, keep the show flowing. But he may not have the the correct charisma. To really be that kind of champion, which is why he would need a, a mouthpiece still. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Kofi Kingston, he did not have a successful title run, but he had the charisma to try to carry the belt, but he was just not being booked properly, and that's the same thing I'm concerned about with Bobby Lashley. Is he going to be booked properly I mean, if he's he wins been the championship? Strong. Yeah, but is he going to be booked right? He's been booked strong since... Since the night after Mania. Yeah, but you know how WWE is. Once somebody wins a championship, they get booked like a joke. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Drew McIntyre was a good champion, but he was being booked poorly even during his time as champion. Go ahead and give me your prediction for WrestleMania matches. What do you think the card what do you think the top card's gonna be? This is gonna be a tough one, but I'm thinking Roman Reigns versus Edge is going to be the main event. Okay. Uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship, however, I think it would be Lashley. Let's see, Lashley versus... I, I can't tell who's going to be the opponent because it's never planned. <laughs> right? I mean, do you think they're going to go ahead and do Lashley versus McIntyre? It just doesn't feel that way. It feels like No, they're... no, I think it could be Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean. It just just based off of Shane McMahon's comments, and if this doesn't happen, then Shane McMahon's comments are are poor writing. That's what we're gonna have to. Yeah, and then I, I, yeah, I think McIntyre versus Sheamus will be a WrestleMania worthy you think match. So? Yeah. Uh, let's see. That'd be solid. That's kind of the main matches, I think. The, those championship Bianca Bell, yeah, and then of course Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Yeah, it could be a good match. I don't think Bianca's gonna win, but we're gonna find out. I think Sasha. I think no, I think I think Charlotte they they're, they're not really teasing a Charlotte title match. But you know WWE they'll be random with returns and random with matches but we're about to find out what's going to happen after Lashley. I wonder if Lacey Evans is actually out due to practice. Well, 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 she is legitimately out and of course they're going to be doing this whole Ric Flair storyline with Lacey Evans. Yeah, but what does that mean for Charlotte? What does she do? Oh, are they going to do Charlotte versus Rick? Yeah, probably father versus daughter. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, it'd probably be it would, Ric Flair's comeuppance. It, it would be his final retirement match. Yeah, done right. That hey, that would be nice though to lose your like to like you know work with your child. I know it's your daughter, but it'd still be like it'd be a good. Uh, that's a good uh, rub. That's a good. I'm not a rub, but you know. Yeah, I mean. the question is: Is Ric Flair able to bump? 
I don't know. All, all he's got to do is take the take the figure eight lock or whatever. <laughs> whatever Charlotte does. She, what did you call it? The figure eight? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so that's our thoughts on what's going on right now. We're going we're gonna to keep it moving, though, because we have a second little segment right here. We're going to continue from the best main event prior to Mania. This is what we're at. We are at year. We've gone through 1996 all the way to... 2014, I think. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. Psst, 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 psst. Yeah, I think we did 2014 because I think I think that's the one that John Cena won, and he was like, "Oh no, what's going on?" No, he did not win that one, did he? Randy Orton won. All right, we did that one. Okay, <clears throat> 2015. Here we go, 2015 to 2020, the main event before Mania. We are going to talk about these matches, rank them. First off, Fastlane 2015, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Ed Ray, what were your thoughts on this match? I don't remember it. You don't remember Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan? It was the whole gimmick where Daniel Bryan was like, um, I, I already did I already did this last year. Um Come on, let's let's face each other. And if I beat you, basically Roman Reigns had a goal. Was was like a golden ticket. He had his golden ticket to uh, WrestleMania. So basically, the golden ticket was on the line for this one to see who was going to go to WrestleMania to face Brock Lesnar, huh? Yes. And so, and then Daniel Bryan uh, did lose to Roman Reigns. And that's what it was. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It, it was. It, it came off as kind of like a um, as kind of a raw ish match. Uh, it was kind of a solid. It was, it was solid, but it came off very TVE, very TV like match. That's probably the reason why I don't remember um, it. 2016 Roadblock Triple H versus Dean Ambrose at Roadblock. Now this match was really hard to find. No, this event was really, really, really hard to find on the WWE Network. Because when you type in Roadblock, they did two Roadblocks in 2016. They did one then, and they did one in December, I think. Which one of the Roadblocks was it where uh, Enzo Amore suffered a head injury? Oh, shit. Which one was that? I think that was... It might have been this one. Was it this one or the December? Yeah, one? to explain what happened at uh, Roadblock 2016, uh, it was the Vaude Villains versus uh, Enzo and Cass. And what happened was that Simon Gotch threw Enzo into the ropes, but since Enzo botched a uh, rope spot, he fell down, hit his head hard on the canvas, and then slid out of the ring and was basically knocked out. And it was for. The championship, I think it was for the number one contendership for the championship, and uh, I think the Vaude Villains were going to win, but they had to call an audible and basically throw out the match due to uh, Enzo's uh, legit injury. I think that was, that was that. Yeah. That's that's what I remember Roadblock 2016 So for. is that why... It, they they tried to hide it because that bad injury, that bad botch that happened. Because this look when you type in roadblock, this does not pop. When you type it in, and it, it gives you suggestion, right? When you type in something in the paper in the network. Um. So roadblock, the big thing was roadblock was that this was the first ever WWE Network exclusive. So it was only on on the network could you watch roadblock. It wasn't on traditional pay per view. It was only network. But uh, when you type in Roadblock, only the second one shows up. You have to literally enter it in, and then when you look at it, when you look at everything, it doesn't have a poster. So you gotta click on a non-postered link, and then it finally brings you. You have to click on it like twice, and then you finally brings you to uh, to the matches. Like I couldn't even type in the matches. I typed in Triple H versus Dean Ambrose. Wouldn't pull the matches up. It was super hard to find this match to rewatch it. Yeah, but basically, Roadblock 2016, this one right here, was what I remember for because of uh, the Enzo Amore injury. Yeah. But anyways, um, Triple H versus Dean Ambrose, first half, 
was really bad. And I th- and I'm blaming it on Dean Ambrose. I've noticed something in this match is that Dean Ambrose he is he's eccentric in the ring, which is fun, but he cannot sell until he's actually he has to be legitimately tired before he sells. That's why he, that's why the second half of the match the second half is good because Dean Ambrose isn't selling anymore. He's legitimately fucking gassed. <laughs> so and so that was my that's my that's my biggest my, my biggest frustration with the first half was that it was it was really boring. The first half was really boring. Dean Ambrose wasn't selling. It felt like a bad raw match. The second half when Dean Ambrose was finally gassed out and could uh, and could actually sell some of this stuff, um it starts getting pretty good and it's a uh, it's a little bit a little above raw stat maybe a main event raw match is what i would uh akin this to um but do you remember this match no i don't think so the problem with dean ambrose for the first five years of him being in the wwe was that yeah he could he could tell a story and he could wrestle at times but his character was often dry and of course he wasn't selling well but toward the end of his run in wwe his character improved and his ability to sell improved yeah he would go on to face uh, Brock Lesnar in a forgettable match. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, 2016. It was uh, a bad year for Dean Ambrose. It was a bad year, even though they tried to give him all this stuff. Was that the year that he um, did the interview with Stone Cold? He did an interview yeah, with Stone Cold. I think it was either 2015 or 2016, but that interview with Stone Cold. Made him look him, bad. Yeah, and it motivated him to do better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to 2017, Fast Lane, Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. Okay, before I say anything, this match, I mean, this match is probably 10 seconds from being one of the one of the best matches in this in this uh lineup that we're talking about right now. Okay? It's 10 sec like probably 10 seconds or maybe maybe even a full minute before it is a uh, Basically, if Goldberg and if Goldberg would have went straight out the gate and speared Kevin Owens and did his moves, this match would actually be better than half these matches we're talking about. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. If if Goldberg would have just hit the two moves, however, what what makes this one of the worst matches that we're going to talk about? I think I've actually ranked it one of the worst matches of all time. Uh, as far as main events go, is that Kevin Owens walks around the ring for like three minutes. I get that. I, I guess they're trying to build suspense, but Kevin Owens the, can't act yet, <laughs> so he's not building any suspense. It's just boring. Goldberg just seems frustrated and annoyed, like he doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> and then uh, on top of that, Goldberg doesn't even get a clean victory because we do see the Chris Jericho. Uh, interference or the Chris Jericho distraction, and so it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, this is this is very bad. I I wish Goldberg would have just went straight out the gate, beat Kevin Owens and pin, you know, hit the jackhammer and pinned him. But they did all these other shenanigans to elongate the match that was unnecessary and made this a big stinker. What are your thoughts? It's hard to say because. Goldberg obviously winning a championship in his 50s. It's kind of uh, nerve-wracking compared to when Terry Funk won the ECW championship in his 50s back in the 1990s. But Kevin Owens, he he can bump like crazy if he wanted to. I mean, he could bump off a cage or anything like that. He's a good bumper, but he cannot tell a story. His character is bland, and he's just too clean-cut to be a tough guy. Hell yeah. He is. Too clean cut. Well, yeah, he needs to be a little more rugged. He needs to have a more rugged look, more of a Mick Foley look to be believable. He just looks he looks like someone who stocks groceries. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's not that's not a knock on grocery stockers, I'm just saying. You don't look like uh this uh you don't look like an athlete, you don't you don't look like this brutal guy. You don't have the look. And and honestly you're not entertaining to watch. 
I'm sorry, Kevin Owens. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I ever, t- if I, if we ever interview you, Kevin Owens, I apologize for the comments, but I will not take them back. <laughs> Moving on. 2018 Fast Lane. We get a six pack challenge. AJ Styles versus John Cena versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. I was surprised rewatching this match, Ed Ray. This is actually one of my. I think it's one of my favorite matches. I think it made my top 10 list. It, it might, maybe top five, but I think it made my top 10 list for uh, main events prior to Mania. Uh, one of the bigger reasons why it made that list is because I think there's a lot of talent involved in this match, which makes it feel of of this modern era we're talking about. Because that's what, that's what this is. This is the modern or the reality era, is what some like to call it, what John Cena likes to call it, reality era. But this modern era is, uh, I mean, out of all these matches we're talking about, this has the most star power with six people in it. There's six people. John Cena's in there to give it that extra boost. We got basically John Cena and Dolph, AJ Styles, John Cena, and Dolph Ziggler are kind of the stars. Then Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin. At the time, 2018, they're still, I mean, Kevin Owens was just champion. So, I mean, they're, but they're still kind of, um, they're the ROH guys, you know what I mean? They're still like the, the NXT guys. Uh, <laughs> but um, very inter- I thought it was entertaining. I like John Cena. I like the the beginning with John Cena where he FUs everybody. Then he goes to FU AJ Styles. But AJ Styles is like, nope. <laughs> just like, there's just some fun moments in this in this match. Uh, the middle's kind of a dud. And I can't remember the ending precisely. But I think the ending was kind of a dud. But I thought um, there's a lot of star power in this. There's a lot of good uh, good spots, uh, match spots, and it 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 was entertaining. It was more entertaining than a lot of these matches that we've talked about. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, this is one of John Cena's last uh, pay per views prior to WrestleMania, huh? Because his career was starting to wind down, huh? I think this is the match where he said, where he's all like, "Oh, I have one more chance to get to Mania." I have no. I have one more chance, and I think. I think, is this when he goes on to become U.S. champion, or when was that? What year was the U.S. champion run? I don't remember. Because I think he's just like he's like trying to find a way to get his ticket to Mania. I don't have a match for Mania. What am I gonna do? Uh, and that he he did that for like two years in a row, where he's like, I don't have a match for Mania. What do I do? Uh, actually, three years. He did it 2018, 2019, 2020. <laughs> I believe. He was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> but, uh, uh, it is what it is. Um, t- 2019 Fast Lane, The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Two of those people may be the main event of Mania. Two of those, uh, three of those, three of those people are the biggest stars in wrestling right now. Uh, two on one team, one on the other. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one person isn't in the WWE company anymore, and one person has a Messiah gimmick that uh, hopefully goes somewhere, but no one knows. And then, and then there's Baron Corbin, who they tried to shove down our throats, and we wouldn't let him. <laughs> but uh, the Shield, this is the Shield versus them number one after Mania. They do a special pay per view for the one last time. Shield's one last ride. And they do a rematch. Um, but what are your? Do you remember this match? What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, don't know if I ever watched this one. You didn't watch this one? It was okay. It was it was like a high... It felt like... No, you know what? I'm about to take a bat because the second half... Or somewhere in the middle, they, they, they had some really good spots. This was like a very, a very high-end Raw match. Or a... Kind of like a mid-tier... Like this mid-level... Uh, pay-per-view match. But it was actually, I was actually surprised at how much I ended up enjoying this, uh, the six-man tag. Uh, they have some fun spots. They have the whole Seth Rollins. He dives off the, um, he dives off the stands onto everybody. And he's like, he's like, oh, he came out of nowhere. So he had some really cool spots right there. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were battling, uh, I think they were battling Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. No, uh, Bob, maybe Bobby and Drew. I can't remember who Roman Reigns pins, but Roman Reigns ends up pinning some. He ends up pinning somebody. It may have been 
Drew McIntyre, actually. <laughs> I think about it. But, uh, anyways, moving on to the 2020 Elimination Chamber. This was the Women's Elimination Chamber. Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Uh, this was probably... This, this was kind of a shocking Elimination Chamber just because of how they booked it. But it was a... It was probably the least the least stuff happened. There was a lot of sitting around by Shayna Baszler. They were really building Shayna Baszler up as a badass in this match. And they successfully did so. It sucks they dropped the ball on her afterwards. But this match really made Shayna Baszler look a badass by basically uh, submitting everybody in record time uh, to win the chamber to go on to uh, for Mania. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match when it happened? Well, they should have had Shayna Baylor, Shayna Baszler take everyone to Suplex City, then have them submit. <clears throat> that way, they could build her up as the female Brock Lesnar. The big, the big mistake of the match was having Asuka and Shayna battle for a few minutes instead of Shayna beating Asuka right out of the gate. Oh, really? Yep. So that was that. So here we go. I'm. I, we're going to uh, read off the whole list after Fastlane. We'll come back to this list after Fastlane. But let me go ahead and give you my rankings of the reality era and or the modern era, whatever you want to call it. What do you call this era? PG era, maybe? Yeah. Oh, maybe PG era. I don't know. This last, The back half isn't too PG. They're starting to go back to uh, like, a, like a middle ground. <laughs> so uh, we'll just call it modern era for now. Uh, number one. Number one I have is the six-pack challenge. AJ Styles, John Cena, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin. It was a star-studded match. It felt like a pay-per-view match. It felt like a match that you would have prior to WrestleMania. That's what it felt like. And it was a lot of there was a lot of uh, story building in this match. And yeah, felt like felt like a main event before Mania. Number two, the Shield versus. Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this match has the makings of all the best stars in 2021. <laughs> you know, all the basically it has the best makings of all the 2020 and 2021 stars. And this was in 2019, so I mean, this is two years, two years advanced match. Uh, they had some really cool spots with the the thing with um, uh, Seth Rollins diving off the the top of the stands of the fans. Like he's up in like the the rafters or whatever, he dives off uh, out of nowhere. And then uh, it was a really solid, very high-tier, mid-tier, high-tier Raw match, mid-tier pay-per-view match to make number two. Number three. Oh, that was a match that we didn't talk about yet. Let me go ahead and say it, though. Number three. We didn't talk about this match just now, but Randy Orton versus John Cena versus Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus versus Christopher versus Cesaro. Um, let me go, let me go ahead and remind everyone that this was a solid Elimination Chamber match. Um, Randy Orton would go on to retain thanks to the help from Kane. Uh, besides that, besides that iffy ending, um, the buildup and the the drama that was unfolding uh, was pretty solid. For this uh, for this era, and it made it made for a really entertaining elimination chamber match, despite that ending. Actually, it's actually pretty high on my list in general. It's my second. It's my number two elimination chamber elimination chamber match. So uh, we forgot to talk about it earlier because I forgot that we hadn't in the previous episode. My bad. That was 2014. Number four, the women's elimination chamber match. Uh, brutal. But, uh, almost pointless. <laughs> no, uh, I feel like it, it built it built Shayna Baszler really well, but with a lot of sitting around waiting for the next pot to open and just to tap someone to sit around again, uh, it actually wasn't as entertaining as some of the others on the list. And that was why they should have had Shayna take wrestlers to Suplex City to fill in the time. Yeah, exactly. Um. What am I on? One, two, three, four. Number five, Triple H versus Dean Ambrose. Despite the second half being somewhat well, this was a this was a raw match. This was a raw match disguised as a pay, as a main event for a special exclusive pay per view. And um, they could have done better, but they didn't. 
Number six in the number number six, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. This whole match uh, was boring as shit. The the crowd wasn't into it. Uh, nothing. That, that, that was the biggest. You know what? That was the biggest takeaway from that match was the crowd wasn't into it. Everyone knew Roman Reigns was winning. This is the first fast lane. We all knew fast lane was thrown together just for an extra pay-per-view, for that extra money, and no one knew why this match was happening. The fans weren't into it. Nothing really happened in the match. They didn't really work well together uh, at the time. Uh, you know, they, they've grown to work better, you know, in the future matches and stuff. But this match was probably, I think it was, I think this was their first, or one of their first matches one-on-one. And so uh, they just weren't clicking yet. Fans weren't into it. We all knew the winner. Boring. And the finish, the finish wasn't good either. They, they did not have a creative finish. It was kind of bland as well. No. Number six, the worst match of this of that list that we talked about. Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. And I'm telling you, had Kevin Owens not walked around the ring, had they not had this, all these worthless, wasting our time walking around, and uh, then we had the, the, the Chris Jericho thing happen way too late. Just a lot of stalling, a lot of stalling in this match. In the match, a lot of stalling. I mean, if they would have just taken away the stalling, this would have been number two, maybe. <laughs> but they put so much stalling, waste of time. It's ranked the worst of the modern era. Worst main event, proud of main event. What are your thoughts on my list? What would you change? I wouldn't change anything this time. Very good. Very nice. Very good. Oh, Ed Ray, uh, this was the road to Potomania. Another episode, another episode down. Are you having fun with these wrestling chats? It's always fun chatting wrestling. Hope you're having fun chatting wrestling with us. Let us know. Go, you know, go to our Facebook page and let us know who you think will be in the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, I was drinking Founders. I was trying my best. I still have a full beer. I've never had a full beer. <laughs> I've never had a full beer left after an episode. So this is, does that mean you change your ranking from 2 out of 10 to 1 out of 10? Oh, yeah, I said that. I said, yes, this is a 1 out of 10. Underground Mountain Brown. Underground Mountain Brown. Underground Mountain Brown. Underground Mountain Brown came from my booty town. It's full of shit. And that's just my opinion. Because all we have here are opinions and beer. We are a million